I've been waiting a long time for this conversation. This week, we're welcoming senior meteorologist at the Weather Network, brilliant astrophotographer and pilot, Carrie Ann Lucky Hepburn. That's my head just went pilot. Cool. (laughs) It's not just one thing. It's not just two things. And it's probably more than just four or five things. It's incredible. Um, So this is the cool thing that I've been following you for a very long time. And your photos are incredible. Um, I'm so happy that you've taken the time twice to be with us. Uh, The first time (laughs) didn't work out. I apologize for that. (laughs) But uh, we're going to make up for it tonight. Um, but the, the photos that you make are spectacular. And that's kind of how I was originally introduced to you and your work. Uh, and then I learned that you are into uh, meteorology and work with the Weather Network. Mm-hmm. And then I see all these posts about you flying and getting your plane out. And I'm like, <laughs> could this get any cooler? I mean, that is just awesome. So we have a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, I'm very I think excited. I do too many things. <laughs> My mom you know, says I'm type A. <laughs> type a personality and she's worried about me <laughs> <laughs> well moms have to be worried it's a good thing um, but oh, some, somebody better send that note to my mother then <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think Brian's laughing because he knows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um i'm really excited for our conversation today we're going to get into it in just a few seconds but first before we do that i want to say a quick hi to mark sean and aurora our hosts for this evening that have taken the time as well to be here uh, mark good to see you I know that you, Aurora, and myself are all in that retail world, and we're getting ramped up for the Christmas holiday season as we're recording this. Uh, how are you making out, man? How's your brain? I'm, I'm doing all right, actually. I, I have a really good way of dealing with it because I'm old. Um, so I'm 51, and um, I just don't, you know, I don't need to put up with anybody's shit. So <laughs> um, I, I go, I go above and beyond. I will absolutely do my best to help somebody until they no longer appreciate that help. Um, or start to get mean to myself or my staff. And then it's sort of like, okay, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not dealing with you anymore. And you could just call the customer service line and we're good that way. But uh, no, it's it's a lot of fun. One of my new cashiers said to me today, Mark, why are people so mean? I go, don't don't take it personally. They're just mean and cranky. Um, but Everybody for the brings part, their baggage. Though, yeah, and, and I have to say that is less than 1% of the customers. Like, I mean, I, I, had, a, I had a customer today just like, what could have gone wrong with her online order did go wrong. Um, I made it right for her. I fixed it for her. She left Happy Zalark and a completely lovely woman to actually sit and chat with. So um, those are the ones that make it all worthwhile. And uh, just uh, remember, the whole world is short-staffed. Be nice to the ones that showed up. So, yeah. Yes. I, I am super excited. Uh, astrophotography. I mean, weather network. And I mean, I don't watch the weather. I, I look out the window, but um, I do, I do use, I do use the app. Um, actually the weather network is the app that I use on the phone. So awesome. that's, that's kind of cool. Um, but, uh, and, and pilot like just cool. I know it doesn't end. Right. Yeah. So cool. looking forward to this and thank you for being with us tonight, Carrie. Yeah. And I'll thank shut you up. for inviting me. Sean, how about you, bud? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, it's getting to be that time of year where uh, Sean doesn't do anything. He just sits at home and plays video games all day and gets paid for it. So. <laughs> okay, let's let's clarify. Let's clarify this. You work hard the rest of the year, and this yeah. is the season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is when everyone's so busy. 
Yeah, I wish I could just hard. relax and play video games. I know, right? It's like you wouldn't really be happy. happy. With everything you do, you wouldn't be happy just sitting there. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. Sometimes I want boring days. <laughs> you have to schedule yeah. them in. <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> yeah, you, you retired for a little bit. A couple, <clears throat> did, yeah. couple months. Uh, well, I mean, Sean. Let, again, let's clarify here. You're you're you you do a lot of landscaping work. You're working outside. Come the winter time, you 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 shift what you do, and now you're 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 on call pretty much to do the rest of the work. So you get yep. to relax it a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm excited, man. I've been getting the getting the suntan all summer, and then sweating all fall, just putting up snow fence and doing cleanups and all that other stuff. So now I get to actually relax and hang out while it's cold outside. You can stay inside in a nice warm space and I'm good, man. I'm, I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah. But when you go out, it's like snow. Oh time. God. Oh yeah. When I, when I go out and plow, I want to, you know, gouge my eyes out, but that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> well, don't. Money no, it's not money. okay. It, I, I want to do something really mean no. right now. <laughs> Shelly, my wife no. just came home and she just, there she is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> and now I'm having duck cleaning call. Eh, look at that. Oh, what happens on a live show? Just tell them you live in a van down by the river and they hang up. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, Sean, hope you enjoy the wintertime. I'm sure we'll we'll be talking more for our sh- through our shows and stuff like that and find out oh, yeah. how your adventures in video game playing are going. So <laughs> we'll get to that soon. Uh, Aurora, how about yourself? How, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, yesterday I had my early birthday party, uh, which was really cool. Um, I had a few of my friends over and we had like this little tea party type of thing. And then we went to the Bridgerton experience afterwards. We'd all dressed up in like really fancy outfits and uh, went to the Bridgerton experience um, and got all these cool photos and dance and, you know, cocktails and stuff like that and then today I had a fairly relaxing day of editing um I went to visit Andrew's uh, nonna so that was good had some good Italian food today um I'm super excited to get into this conversation though because you have so many uh Carrie has so many interesting um you know uh, either work um hobby um as well as you know just around kind of life experience so i think this is gonna be an awesome conversation i agree and let's not waste any more time talking to me or finding out what i've been up to because it's been very boring so let's get into it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um i again i'm very excited that you're here Uh, i met you originally i believe originally i met you at the 2014 google photo walk on june 28th and i know that for a fact because it's my birthday and I was very excited to hang out with you, Don Kamarechka, uh, Ron Clifford, and a bunch of other amazing photographers that day. Um, one thing I noticed that a lot of those people are teachers. A lot of my favorite photographers are teachers. Now, I know that's another thing that you do. You love to teach. But what do you prefer? Do you, do you prefer you know, making that amazing photo or helping somebody else make that photo? You know, it's kind of equal because I, I love exploring and doing the photography I love editing like that's probably my most favorite part about photography is just sitting down and editing but if I can share uh, with someone you know how to take pictures of the Milky Way or you know just learn how to use their camera and then they can get a good picture and they're super happy then it makes me feel so good so it's kind of tied okay Yeah. yeah I think it's tied for you because you make better photos than me 
If I made better photos, it would probably, I prefer to help other people make better photos. That's kind of my claim. So let's just go with that. <laughs> well, I, I, I can attest to the fact that it is very difficult to take a good picture of the Milky Way. I've got one picture of the Milky Way that's uh, okay. And it happened by accident. I was trying to take pictures of meteors. And when you're doing that, you realize how impossibly large the night sky is. Um, yeah. And so I, I happened upon the Milky Way by chance, and, and I managed to get a picture of that with one meteor in it. But oh, well, uh, that's cool! Yeah, I can't seem to good. get any meteors these days. <laughs> well, it, it's fun because if you've you've done it, if anybody's shot during a meteor shower, like I, I, I get everything set up and I, I watch. Right? Okay, the meteors yeah. are all over here, so I set everything up. I get my focus, start taking exposures, and I'm watching, and I see all the meteors coming over over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I wait, and then okay, so they're all over here now. So I change, refocus, this, that, and the other, and then and then the meteors are are over. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just like I'll set up for the Perseid meteor shower, shower, and I'll get a lot of airplane airplane trails. Oh yeah, I got a couple so, of those. Yeah. So many of them where when I, I live. when I did, I was north. I was I don't know an hour north of North Bay in the middle of nowhere, and mm -hmm. uh, I thought, ah, there's not going to be. Yeah, there's still planes because <laughs> yeah. they're flying around up there. Yeah, it's amazing in under dark skies though. You'll see the smoke trails. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Very cool. There, I've I've only had the opportunity to get good astro photos maybe three to four times, and unfortunately, most of the time with that, it was like the lens wasn't quite sharp, or I didn't quite get my focus right, and it was too contrasty, and I, the editing isn't quite my forte. Uh, but you know what? I've seen a lot of interviews with you. And most of them are, excuse me, based around your photography and things like that. And as much as I love it, and we're going to talk about it, this is a little different kind of show. This is about mental health. This is about um, how we deal with pressures of life and how our creativity and our passions help us get through, you know, the stresses and all the BS that we go through. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know that in your career, three of the careers that you have at the moment, uh, <laughs> at least they're, they're extremely stressful flying a plane, extremely stressful. Um, the, all the details that you have to have, right. When you do the weather reporting and things like that, I'm sure that's uh, a completely different level of stress. Mm -hmm. um, is the astrophotography, is that your solace? Is that where you go for your downtime or is 100%. that another added level of stress? Photography in general is my relaxing reward. <laughs> I love it. Um, I mean, I love everything that I do, but it's definitely the most relaxing, less pressure, uh, low pressure. The only time I've actually, I think I've only felt pressure was um, after COVID and I traveled to Chile under the dark skies and like everyone knows that I'm going there and they're expecting to see the best photos ever. And I just remember like packing up my bags and thinking, oh shoot, like I better get a good shot out of this. Yeah. That was the only time. Other than that, like, I just love photography. It's stressful doing talks, I think, sometimes, no matter how many times I've done um, talks for, you know, camera clubs or astronomy clubs. It's still, you know, you get that little bit of nerves in the beginning, but then usually the personalities of the people in the club, they kind of make it more fun and worthwhile, and you feel good at the end of it. Yeah, especially when you know what you're talking about. The conversations yeah. just become more just conversation rather than a, a presentation. Yeah, no, I, I really love that. Nice. Um, what are the pressures that you deal with at, let's say, the Weather Network? Um, well, I've been doing it for more than 20 years. So, uh, I mean, it, usually the pressure comes whenever there's a big snowstorm. 
or freezing rain and everyone wants like the perfect amount so you know they can uh, broadcast that to the public and uh, we get judged a lot on you know accuracy when it comes to these amounts so i'd say winter winter forecasting is pretty stressful even though you know basically large scale weather systems are well handled and we can we can handle them really well but still like um there's just so much pressure and so much excitement around the snowstorms and just winter storms in general that it it can make it a little bit stressful when you know you're coming in on that type of a shift and night shifts in general because you're so 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 tired by you know the by like three in the morning and that's when we're at our busiest how it's, often it's, sorry go ahead mark sorry i was just saying it's it's funny how often the snow comes overnight and i mean i'm sure there's a, <laughs> i'm sure there's a reason it for that seems like that it, it always it <laughs> always seems that overnight the snow is coming but i mean i i know i live in thunder bay and and quite often there's times when I clear my driveway twice, yeah. um, once once in the morning and then once in the evening. Um, yeah. Just because well, with of, lake effect, you know, I mean, yeah. it happens, typically happens a lot yeah, more. There's a, there's a small, small lake here. It's Lake Su Superior. So I don't know. <laughs> tiny, tiny little thing. Um, insignificant body of water. Insignificant little puddle somewhere. But it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. So I guess my, my big question for you is, do you still get those with computer modeling and, and all of the, I'm I'm assuming that the um, the data collection points for uh, for the weather for meteorology uh, over say like even ten years ago uh, is astronomical. There's probably a, a mm -hmm. gazillion data collection points. Do you guys still get like all of a sudden a, a region gets dumped on with like 20 centimeters of snow and you're like, oh, we didn't see that coming. Like, <laughs> does does that happen? Still, it happens or? with everyone for sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, especially you know when we have like a change of season between like you know a major change of season and we're kind of at the cusp. That's usually when um, you know the meteorological like models are having a more difficult time. And then if it's having if they're having a difficult time, sometimes it just takes a lot more work to try to figure out what the best solution will be. Um, a lot of the times there's pattern recognition involved. So, I mean, if you've been doing it for a while, then you, you get a hang of that. Um, but yeah, still, uh, this, it happens during the cusp of the, the season changes where things might go a little bit awry, but then, you know, we get on top of it once the se once we're well into the season. Also when there's a hurricane or a typhoon that can really, um, you know, mess up things in the upper levels and the, in the data as well and then make that stressful so yeah. yeah i guess i guess that's that i mean everybody's counting on you right from um, yeah you know i think all, like all the way from commuters to to the long-haul truck drivers to wedding photographers right yeah yeah, yeah for sure photo day trips mm -hmm. for sure uh, everyone i mean yeah. weather affects all of us and um i mean i think we're do like a really good job overall and um just the fact that when i'm on vacation I will use the weather network app. Like I really trust our, um, I yeah. trust our um, our source, our our meteorologists, my colleagues, yeah. that kind of thing. This is like uh, an advertisement. Believe in in what we do. And, and I wasn't joking. It is the app I use. I've got it on my iPad, on my phone, and, and actually, I'm look at it, I'm looking at the bookmark on it at the top of my screen here. It's the one. It's the one I use because it it it's funny you say that, and I'm not just saying this, but it seems to be the most accurate when I'm looking at the weather. Yeah. Like, 
You know, it's yeah. like, oh, it's my day off on Wednesday. Okay, perfect. Oh, it's supposed to snow. And then I look at, well, the weather network doesn't say it's going to. And no, then it'll it's, be fine. They when say it's going to be sunny. All right, let's 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 go exploring. Load the dogs in the car, grab a camera, and off we go. Yeah. When when I was in the middle of the desert in, in Chile in June, um, they said, like, the weather network had, like, high winds. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, we had, like, a major dust storm driving wow. through complete, like, I guess, brownout, that kind of thing. So I thought that was wow. really cool. There you go. Yeah. Right. Love it. Um, yeah, I'm just curious <clears throat> what, because uh, you said you've been uh, with the Weather Network for 20 years. Um, so I guess this is a two-part question. What has drawn, like, in your life, I guess, has drawn you to weather um, um, and astro? And then the second part of that question is, where did you start at the Weather Network? And then yeah, how was that like? Yeah, so I, I like to say that weather found me. I did not find weather. Um, when I was younger, like in high school, uh, there was we had to do a science fair project, and I chose human hair hygrometer. So basically, you know, you take a strand of your hair, and if it's like humid day, like it might get longer, and if it's drier, it will shrink. So I I built one of those little things, and um, and then all through high school, just being involved in aviation and wanting to learn how to fly with the air cadets i just remember like you know practically no pilot loves weather like it's always kind of like the subject that no one wants to to learn more about i mean like you have to learn about it it's for safety obviously but it's one of those subjects that everyone just does not like and i was one of those people where it's like oh i can't stand meteorology i just you know 70 percent of my written exam for my my glider license was meteorology and um, and then I guess later when I went into university for space science, um, I got tired of all the computer programming and uh, then Twister came out, the movie Twister. <laughs> I hate that that really helped me get into meteorology, but it, it really did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's I just awesome. thought, oh, storms are so cool. And I started taking pictures of, um, of thunderstorms. I, I would go chasing with my dad. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, Did you ever launch fun. little balls into the air and watch them? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that part flying I always cows, you know. Yeah. Flying. We were living we in cows. Oshawa, Ontario, and and there's a lot of farmland around. And I just say, Dad, turn left, turn left. There it is, right there. So it's like, you want me to drive through that? I said, Yeah. Sure enough, there you went. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then then I um I switched my program into atmospheric science at York and then um just before I finished my last year in atmospheric science, I got hired by the Weather Network as a summer student, and then it led into part-time student until I got my degree, and then I've been working there ever since. And I, I appreciate weather. I mean, it's tough. I still feel like I don't know everything there is to know about weather, but um, it's a nice challenge, and um, it affects my life, you know, with astronomy, um, astrophotography and flying, it's so closely linked to my life that, you know, I'm just very appreciative that I have the knowledge or have as much knowledge as possible right now. Um, on that point, I need to ask a, a, a serious question. Uh, I hope you can answer. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so I've been running day trips now with my day tripper photo business since 2008, uh, approximately 12 to 15 workshops outside a year since then until COVID and then 
things changed a little bit. But up until that point, there were only about three or four times that I had to postpone or cancel a workshop. Mm -hmm. So I've always said that I have incredible weather luck. Like I, I have people that help me with the weather. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee if I'm going to be outside, it's going to be nice. But if I'm in the car driving, it'll get bad. My wife is here. Oh, okay. That's bad news. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Mm. Um, but my wife is right here and she can attest to the fact that we can be on a road trip and the weather will be horrible while we're driving. And as soon as we have to get out and do something, it'll get nice and beautiful and we enjoy it. And then we get back in the car and it'll get bad again. It's like the weather seems to be on my side. So here's my question. Yeah, you're lucky. It's true. <laughs> it's true. There she goes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, the question is, are there weather people? Are there weather people? Are there people <laughs> that listen to you oh. and, and know that you're a good person and do good weather things for you? Because <laughs> I swear I have weather people and everybody asks me, I'm like, yeah, I'll talk to my people. And they come through. I don't have them. All right. Well, so I, don't I, I can kind you. of attest yeah. to this because uh, one time I was going to go do a maternity shoot and the only day I could link up the days with these uh, these people was uh, on a Sunday in the middle of the afternoon. And it was like calling for like um, on my weather network app, which is usually uh, very close to accurate. Like it's it's on point. I use it all the time. Um, we're, but we're not being it, paid it was calling for, for like 70. Amazing. <laughs> it was like 70 percent chance of rain in Barrie. And I was going to Barrie at, at this particular park to take these pictures. But um it was so hot and so sunny. And the story leading up to this is I was telling Brian how I was worried about uh, the rain being bad. And he said, I have my weather people on it. I'll make sure you'll have good weather for your shoot. And there you go. Sure enough, I had even better weather than I was ever could have imagined. my people. So I think I'm going to have to call Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be out in the desert. It's like Brian, do something. <laughs> you gotta give me some notice because I use like the me. Weather Network app, and, and I have to check <laughs> 21 day in advance period on the Weather Network app to make sure that, that it's okay. But generally, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, I, I actually have an answer for that, Brian, and and that's because you're positive. It's um, it's what you put out there. The universe gives you back. There and... is no bad weather, though. I truly believe there is no bad weather, especially yeah. in photography. I mean. Yeah. You can you can make something out of anything, really, right? Um, but okay, Mark, I'll go. Like Maybe karma. Yeah. Well, it's not karma. It's it's that it's that you're positive, right? You you put it out there. But a a dark, chunky, cloudy sky makes for a great portrait. Absolutely, and it yeah. makes for no harsh shadows on your model. So that's yeah. awesome too. Right? I embrace it all. I think mm -hmm. that's why, because I, I just, I love it all. I love the snow. I love walking in the snow. I love everything. I just. Me too. I love it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good. unless I'm trying to take like deep sky, you want it to be perfectly clear. Otherwise I love a uh, little bit of clouds here and there or full on cloud and rain. Milky Way shots, a little bit of cloud. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, landscape photography, I find, especially in the mountains, you want to have like, you know, not so good weather because mm -hmm. it can be so beautiful and dramatic. Drama. I love it. For sure. Um, did you choose to live in this area? Weather, <laughs> I had no or, choice. <laughs> or or, or did, have you had, had opportunities to make, like do this down in Florida or do this in BC or in places where the weather is so different? Did you say, no, 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 I'll just stick to Ontario because, you know, Ontario weather is pretty cool. 
No, I'm just here because my parents came here, so <laughs> <laughs> I have no choice. That's that's fair. It's just the bonus that the weather, yeah. the weather's pretty good. I keep telling my husband, it's like, oh, it'd be so cool to move to Calgary because they have the mountains. They've got like the Chinooks in the winter, you know, it'd be so cool. And it's there. cheaper? Yeah, I guess. Mm, yeah, it probably so is. Cheaper. Speaking of weather, what is the craziest weather you have seen? What's the quick craziest storm you've had to call or been involved in? Or have you had like a dangerous, dangerous experience calling the weather oh man that's a tough one because there's been i know i'm gonna tell you something and i'm gonna be like no this was another crazy one well you had a long um, career so that's fair i mean yeah 20 well, years i do, sure I do know like i i remember um there was one april where we had the most epic thunderstorms and uh a cold front went through after this and we had like 20 centimeters of snow i thought that was pretty wild and that's like typical april weather you know you get everything in april um other than that like the things that i think are really cool to see are dust devils i've never seen a tornado and i dream about them though i have like dreams where i've seen a tornado and i'm trying to take a photo and somehow i have film in my camera and i open up the back by accident or something always goes wrong and i can never get that shot of that tornado or a cow um, flies by and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a dream. <laughs> but yeah, dust devils are really cool. I've seen that. Um, uh, just, you know, snow squalls. I think we get it all here, you know, here. You get a lot. Yeah, it's Ontario, it. right? I think yeah. that day where we had that thunderstorm into the snow squall, I think that's a day I drove to Kapiskasing from uh, from Newmarket. So yeah, that yeah, was one of those days. Yeah. yeah, and ice storms. Oh, yeah, that ice storm in um, that happened in... Eastern Ontario and Quebec that bent over the power lines. I think that was the craziest. Um, yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could remember I had borrowed a camera from the store that had Wi-Fi and it was waterproof. The FZ 300 Aurora. And okay. um, I had that sitting out taking pictures of my car with the ice dripping off my car. Yeah. Just, there was so much ice. It was just everywhere. It was awesome. Visually yeah. it was awesome. Of course the damage was crazy. And then there was that snowstorm, like, multiple days of snow in toronto and um mel lastman had to call in the army army yeah yeah <laughs> good old mel lastman <laughs> whatever happened to him whatever happened to him <laughs> nobody um. <laughs> his, his son's taking over the reins of that one yeah. um so everybody that i know who is a photographer or something has at least three jobs you know we all do different things to try and generate whatever we can to live on these days uh, how much time or how hard is it for you to set time aside for you to do your actual creative passions? Like how hard is it for you to set that time aside and how often do you get to actually enjoy that just to go do something for yourself, go for a drive or I don't know what, what it is that you would do. I go for I, today. I went for a drive. That's what I do. Grab my camera and that one right there and go for a drive. Yeah, I, I actually really struggle with this. <laughs> it's I complain about this all the time because um, I have my regular full-time job. So it's like two days, two nights, and then I have three and a half days off because the first day I'm basically sleeping and then three full days off. And you really, when you're working, when you come off of night shifts, you really struggle um, with getting back into the, the day groove and just feeling like a human being. Mm. And um you know, on top of that, I have the kids and then something pops up, you know, either like, oh, mommy, this is wrong or that. Can you help me with this or, you know, um, that. And then 
you know, friends that want to get together and um, just all kinds of things that seem to pop up, um, requests for doing something. And yeah, I just, I struggle with that. So maybe I'd say um, if I can look back, I get maybe, I don't know, a few, a few good days out of the month where I feel like I can actually do anything that I want to do. And, uh, you know, I might, if it's, if it happens to be a clear night, then yeah, I'll open up my dome, I'll take some photos, or, you know, I might travel somewhere locally and try to take a night sky shot. Um, I really do feel like I get some vacation time whenever I'm, you know, in Chile taking nightscapes because then, you know, I basically say I'm off the grid guys, like no one can talk to, no one can contact me. Um, and even like, you know, if I do the odd photo tour here and there, it's just, you know, even though it's kind of like work, I feel like it's a bit of like, like getting some free time in a way, you know? Well, you're off on your so, own and you're doing what you love. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I wish I had more time for sure, but there's always something popping up. Well, you should be a landscaper. And then in the wintertime, you can... <laughs> Seasonal work. Seasonal yeah. work. Right, yeah. get, those, get those epic, <laughs> epic snowstorm shots. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much free time, and I, it's actually, like, abhorrent how much how much time I can waste and not be bored. <laughs> <laughs> so you really look forward to this time of year. Oh, God. From, from the start of spring until the, the beginning of fall, I'm like, when can it start snowing? <laughs> get me out of this hell of working you just call carrie she'll tell you yeah, <laughs> just, just put in a good word with carrie and she'll tweak the weather a little bit for you and get you to get the snow in august for you actually now we know we have to talk to brian <laughs> yes forget me yeah. <laughs> first we talk to brian and then we get carrie to report yeah okay yeah okay, exactly. <laughs> sounds good to me um earlier you mentioned your family your father you know helping you out and driving you through storms and all that kind of stuff. How much of, has your family helped you get to where you are today? A lot. Like, I think um, just in the beginning when I, I started my interest in, uh, in astronomy, my parents were really supportive. I was 11 years old. And um, back then, there was no internet or anything like that. And they would buy books and um, they would give us, uh, get me subscribed to astronomy magazines and um, they also bought my first pair of binoculars and telescope and then in high school, my camera and just they've always kind of like supported all my passions uh, through my whole through my life. So, um, I mean, that's that's basically I think like without them supporting me, I don't think I would be here right now. Makes but all also, the difference. yeah, but also um, like now my immediate family, like my husband and my kids, like they put up with me you know, um, traveling and with, you know, going, running outside every time there's a clear night, you know, trying to take pictures. Um, my kids, like they're getting older now, so they're on social media and they give me tips and tell me what I'm doing wrong. And, you know. <laughs> with your social media, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Mom, you're embarrassing like, me. Exactly. <laughs> they yeah. say, that's so Cringe mom. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's how old Mark is. He doesn't use words like cringe. Yeah, see? Yet another reason <laughs> no. I don't have children. Now, no, there's, a, there's a laundry list of reasons I don't have children. But yeah. uh, do, you, do you live in a place where you can just duck outside and, and get a decent night sky shot without too much light pollution? Um, no, I have light pollution here. I'd say we have suburban 
um, suburban light pollution. Yeah. So we're kind of on the edge of edge of town, but we still see like the lights of Toronto. We see Hamilton and St. Catharines. So um, for me to see the Milky Way, it has to be straight overhead and it's not bright. It's very okay. uh, dim, but um, but it doesn't seem to it's not it doesn't cause me a lot of trouble when it comes to deep sky astrophotography because all it means I just is that I need to take more exposures like longer integration time to be able to okay. capture what I want but when it comes to nightscapes and stuff like that I just kind of know that I'm not going to catch like an, an amazing picture of the Milky Way I'll be taking pictures of stars star trails and things like that and maybe if the aurora pops up one one night then I feel super lucky I can take a shot of that too so but it's nothing spectacular from home. Okay. Yeah. I've got the Aurora trackers, like the, the apps and stuff on my phone. Yeah. And I'll get the alert and it's, it's saying that they're going to be good at like three in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I've got to be up at quarter to six. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going, I just, yeah. I get lazy. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going out. And then the next day on Facebook, everybody from this area, all the photographers that were out till five or six in the morning, taking pictures of the, the night sky and the auroras and like, oh, I should have just yeah. forgot to sleep and gone into work grumpy. Like, <laughs> um, but uh, it's just, just amazing. Like, cause for me, I, I live like right on the edge of Thunder Bay. So within, I could do a 25 minute drive West and, and there is no light pollution. So it's, yeah, you're so lucky. That's so awesome. nice. Yeah. But I, 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 I need to take advantage of that. I haven't. Um, yeah. The, the one, um, the one Aurora shot that I have that I, I like, I was working up here before I moved up here. Um, and my wife had actually texted me and said the auroras are supposed to be active tonight. So I'd gone out that night because I was up here in a hotel, so it didn't matter. You know, I wasn't, I don't, I wasn't snuggled into a puppy or anything, right? So it was like easy to just forget it and go out. But now it's like, oh, there's a dog snuggled into your lap. You know, there's a good movie on. Oh, so many reasons to yeah. not do stuff. Right? I, yeah. I call myself the lazy photographer because yeah. there's always a reason for me to just, nah, it's a little too cold. I'll get another opportunity. You can't do that when people expect you to be making the images. You're going yep. to Chile. You have to come back with something, right? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of lazy too sometimes because I know that I get so inspired to do astrophotography and stay up all night when it's in the middle of the day. High noon, the sun is shining on me. I feel so inspired. And then as soon as the sun goes down and I think about like, okay, everyone's going to watch TV and all that stuff. I feel so tired, mm -hmm. but you really have to push yourself. Like I know yeah. I had to push myself even a couple weeks ago uh, because we had some clear skies. And in this area, as many of you know, like in the winter, we pretty much clouded out for so many nights. And I thought, okay, I have to take advantage of whatever clear night I get because I need to take some pictures of, you know, like the Orion Nebula or some objects in, in Orion because I, I actually have hardly any um anything in my portfolio with the winter constellations because of the weather in the winter so interesting yeah so uh, actually since you're talking about the deep space there now the rig that's behind you with the canon camera or the, at least the lens i can't see a camera yeah. but is that some sort of a, a computer controlled uh gimbal for you to take those pictures or? oh so this is a sky tracker it's sky watcher and uh it's pretty portable you just mount it onto your tripod and it tracks uh tracks the night sky for you so it's it's good for when you want to take really long exposures with a longer telephoto lens okay. or 
or even a small telescope, you can attach that. And this is basically right. what I take with me to Chile or whenever I'm going traveling. Okay, so so, so that avoids the whole star trail sort of yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. So okay. like, for instance, if I'm using like a 24 millimeter, like you can basically, you don't have to use something like that. Um, but if you're going any longer than like 50 millimeter lenses, then you kind of want to. Um, do some kind of tracking, especially if your lens isn't a fast lens. Okay. Uh, but if I'm doing things like 14 millimeter lens, f 1.8 or, you know, 1.4, I'll just take an, a series of, you know, 30 second shots or 20 second shots and just stack them or even just take single exposures. But if I'm, if I want to get really um, deep sky images or go really, really deep, then I'll put the tracker on and take those longer exposures that I need and, and also stack them as well. So th this is, this is where my knowledge, like I'm a photographer. Most, most of what I know I learned from Brian. So if I'm wrong here, then, then it's, it's my fault. fault. Um, I but, don't know very um, much. but when you talk about like a 24 millimeter lens for mm -hmm. a deep sky, I, like I'm thinking I put a 24 millimeter on my camera and I'm getting like the night sky. Yeah. How, how do you get deep sky out of 24? Um, well, the 24 millimeter, I'm mainly doing Milky Way stuff with okay. that or constellations. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But with the 50 millimeter and 100 millimeter, um, you can do some pretty good deep sky. I mean, you could do deep sky with any lens, really. It's yeah. just basically okay. long, very long exposure and just really okay. trying to go deep. So you're so, exposing for that light that's beyond what the stars yeah. that your eyes are seeing you're yeah trying to collect for... as much light as possible to get as much depth in the night sky as possible okay okay so and in the, these particular cases like what uh what length of exposure are you going for so um so when it comes to using the tracker i i'm trying to aim for like a minute or two minute exposures that kind of thing and of course you have to adjust your f-stop and iso accordingly because you don't want to blow out the image yeah. or anything like that but um but yeah it just varies um like some people either like to do the stacking route where they they will take multiple short exposures with no tracker and then you stack them and try to bring out as much depth as possible or some people like to go even deeper and then they take the really long exposures and also stack those to, to take it to the next level. So. And so when you're stacking the photos, um, is it stacking for like exposure? Is it stacking for- It's stacking photos? to like a better signal to noise ratio because uh, um, in the night sky, it's so dark and um, you know, you'll get a lot of noise typically with the uh, single exposures and then the more exposures you take and you stack them you're um you're taking that random noise and you're you're basically smoothing it out by stacking it okay. um yeah and then that way you can actually do a whole lot more with the image like i know sometimes with me uh, when i do nightscapes i get i do get lazy in the field where i just want to take a single exposure here a single exposure there like i call them like snapshots um, especially if I'm in an area where I'm really excited and, um, you know, I have it, like, I want to take as many shots as possible. I will, I will be like a single exposure snapshot person. And, um, um, then, you know, you'll get a decent shot. You can get a decent shot and process that. But I do know when I take the time and I do stacking, then it takes it to the next level. You can get so much more detail in the shadows 
in the, the dark parts of your landscape and things like that. And you'd just be happy that you do it overall, that you stack it or at least track as well. And of course, you're, the image you're creating is a raw image, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's yeah. so I'm always shooting in raw. Yeah, I, I had assumed that, but I just wanted to verify. Yeah, yeah. I can hear Sean's thoughts right now. Yeah, I can, I can literally hear Sean's thoughts. Like, I have it's, no clue what these guys are talking about. It's it's crickets up here, dude. It's crickets. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I have to say that I did really restrain from when we were talking about shooting the Aurora Borealis and using an Aurora tracker. I have an Aurora tracker as well. It's called our work schedule. <laughs> i can check to see if she's at the store or not at the store and it, it's quite effective <laughs> I, was, I was gonna make a joke to that effect and be like she's literally right here guys i know so she's there, she is. Is. <laughs> right there. <laughs> sorry i had to go there yeah. um something else that you said that i thought was super cool is you can go out in the back in the back and open up your dome Explain what that means. So actually it's in the front yard. <laughs> it's in the front. Okay. You didn't yeah. say back, but open so up. So I have a I have a very small um, observatory. It's called a sky shed pod. It was actually developed by Wayne Parker. He was a bass player in Glass Tiger. I don't know if you remember that band. So I he's a real astronomy buff. I've heard yeah. that he does he does that before. Yeah. So I went to I think it was um uh, Owen Sound where we drove there to pick it up, to pick up the dome and um, all the parts related to the dome. And then we, we built it, put it together here in our front yard. And um, that's where I put my, my main telescope, my, my larger telescope, it's an eight inch. Um, and yeah, I basically run that in the dome because um, it's a little bit more of an involved setup where I don't wanna have to keep taking it in and out of the garage to set up. It's not like this where it's super portable. It's much bigger setup. Um, so cool. I have a picture of it if you want me to share. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Certainly. Let's see. How do I do this? Um, if you hit present at the bottom and then choose the window you want it to share. Present. Uh, while you're finding that, I just have a quick story. When I was younger um, in high school, I was going to school in Vermont and I actually started the astronomy club in my high school with my teacher Brad Robinson is the host or sponsor or whatever you want to call it. So we got these kits and we ground our own telescope glass and we made our own telescopes. Um, yeah. We had like eight inch raw glass with different levels of grit and we sat and we grind and grind and grind. And I spent the entire year. It was awesome. I spent the entire year. We, we finished these things and I had my telescope and uh, I moved back to Canada after that, that was in Vermont, obviously. I moved back to Canada just after high school. As soon as I graduated, like next day, I kind of left the States. Get me out of here. And then I came back <laughs> to Canada. And <laughs> and when I went back to get all my stuff, my mother, I had it all torn down flat in a box. And she threw the whole thing out. Oh, um, no. The whole box, the oh, glass. She had no clue what was in there. No. So unfortunately, that's the only telescope that I ever actually had. And uh, I've always wanted another one. But... Yeah, I'm, now I'm going to be all jealous when I see what you've got here. Yeah, so so this is what I started with when I was started doing deep sky stuff. Sorry, my website is slow. Um, basically, I had a mount, typical mount, and this was a six-inch telescope, and my laptop was controlling everything. And every single winter, or sorry, every single clear night, I would lug this out of the garage and set this up eventually like this laptop actually ended up dying on me because it was it got cold mm. and i realized i had to like cover it up with something but over time like i realized like i can't keep this up i can't every i can't 
keep uh, setting up and tearing down every single clear night. So that's when we bought um, this uh, sky shed pod here. And this is in the front yard. It's on, um, we had to level out the, la the land here and just um, put it in there. So cool. And, Damn, uh, inside, this is what it looks like right now. I mean, it's it's a lot messier right now, but <laughs> you know. So this is my current setup right now. Wow. It's a Skywatcher EQ6 mount, and then I have an eight-inch um, uh, Ritchie Crechian telescope. This is actually the same type of optics as what's used in the Hubble, but of course miniaturized, <laughs> and wow. a CCD camera and all that stuff. And this old computer, I have a Vis Windows Vista running. Mm -hmm here and it's been running for like 10 plus years nonstop. It's amazing. And then my friend, wow. my colleague's old uh, monitor and some old keyboard that's now warped from the heat. So yeah, it's basically, <laughs> that's, this is basically oh, wow. what it is right now. <laughs> so awesome. I open up the dome and on a clear night and then I'll connect to this computer and give the, the mount and camera commands uh, through by using like a remote desktop app. So I can be watching TV inside um, in the house and on my laptop using remote desktop, just controlling everything. So you That's don't even cool. need to be out there in the cold taking pictures. No, I just watching. go out there initially, start everything up and, uh, and then come back inside. Do you know That's a gentleman cool. named Andy Blanchard? Yes, I do. So we had I had him on a previous show that I did years ago, and he was in Sault Ste. Marie uh, doing the show. And at the time, our show was live. So he's up in Sault Ste. Marie in his RV, and he was telling us about how he has in the Atacama Desert a dome of his mm -hmm. own where he can control it from his RV. And basically, that's what you're saying. You have that same kind of setup yep. where you can be in the house and just control it and set your time and let it rip and shoot all night long. And then it yeah. compiles all your, your, your layers and fascinating yeah there's actually companies that um that have like a remote telescope setup that you can actually buy time on like i bought some time or sorry i i was um donated some time on um chiliscope.com and they have a whole setup in uh, the atacama desert and basically you just log into their website and you um you choose your target and you go through all the the um they have a tutorial basically that explains how you can do it and how you can actually take photos uh, remotely from your home. Awesome. So, yeah, this is stuff anybody amazing. can get into. Anyone can, can anywhere. anywhere. And then yep. and then I think back to, I don't know, about eight minutes ago when you said when you were growing up and there was no internet. Like <laughs> yeah, no. now now we've come so far, right? Where we you know we're we're able to control the tel telescope somewhere else on the planet and get pictures yeah that are if i knew I this when i was 11 years old my mind would have been blown yeah, right? <laughs> seriously yeah. because this was this a dream like even just having my own telescope set up with with the little observatory was this a complete dream like i would i never imagined yeah. in a million years that that would ever happen you know, so on now, that point, now I'm, I'm wondering if I could turn my gazebo into a, an observatory because i don't can, know I don't, you should yeah, good, yeah. Yeah. Well, on that point i never thought that I would have one of these when I was 11 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the thought of a phone uh, when, when I was 11, the thought of internet, I mean, that was like Star Trek conversation, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. crazy. I know. Yeah. I'm aging myself. <clears throat> Mark's older than me. We're probably all the oh. same age. 
that stung just a little bit. And I don't think I am. I You're think, not under uh, the bus. You're yeah, not. Right? I, you usually throw me under the bus in that conversation. Yeah, I know. So I attack I know. first. Yeah, it, was, right. it was a good one, though. It was good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we've talked a lot oh, about a lot of things. Oh, <laughs> we haven't really gotten too much into a pilot. And I know we're gonna we're gonna go long if we go too too much into it. But how, when did this start? Because um, you said earlier that you kind of had to learn weather for the pilot thing. Yeah, um, that came before weather, didn't it? So aviation, believe it or not, started when I was four years old. <laughs> wow. I was in England. I, I was actually born in England. My brother as well. And when he was on the day that he was born, I was in the hospital. And I looked out the window and I saw the Concorde. It made their, oh. I think the Concorde did its like first flight. And I was just like mesmerized by that. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And then when we immigrated to Canada, um, I just remember um, flying in British Airways, they gave you this little pilot log book with the wings and the coloring book. And I just, I think that's what just got me so hooked on, on aviation. And, um, yeah, like I was obsessed with the snowbirds and like just fighter jets. I wanted to be a fighter pilot when I was um, 11 as well. So <laughs> and my parents, like they really supported me through everything. I, um, I joined Air Cadets. Well, first I went to Brampton Flying Club and I, I, went, I was like 11 years old, 12 years old. And I said, I want to be a pilot. And I just remember like, like all these older men turning and looking it's like well first you got to get a little older <laughs> and uh then they suggested join air cadets and i did that as soon as i um turned 13 14 and i got my glider pilot's license through them it was a scholarship and yeah i've just been flying for fun i never actually had an interest in doing um commercial aviation like for the airlines it was either fighter pilot or just private pilot there was no in between. I didn't even want to be an astronaut, which is surprising because so many people that want to be pilots want to be astronauts too. So, well, so what what do you fly? Like do you do you, um, do you own a plane or do you yeah do you rent I, a plane I, I um I share a plane, co-own a plane with uh, five other people. It's a Piper Cherokee, so it's a single engine, low wing yeah. airplane. Okay, and cool. um, yeah, we just fly around taking, we take a lot of lessons too. Like we're like, as a pilot, you're always trying to yeah. um, improve your skills. And so we've been working on our instrument rating, commercial license, and just to all kinds of things just to keep up um, our skills and knowledge Very and cool. flying around for fun as well. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's Actually, awesome. you mentioned the snowbirds. We had Major Brett Parker as a guest on our show, That's um, episode twenty-two <laughs> of this season. So, yeah, I'm that have was... to look that up. I'm a huge yeah. fan of the snowbirds. I'm the, probably their biggest fan. Oh, he is they're, awesome. They're my lock screen photo on my <laughs> on my phone, actually. Yeah, yeah I can't it was year shows. <laughs> it was a great chat. He's the boss of the 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 snowbirds as well. So it was like we were super lucky to get to talk to him. Um, well, you know what. We're going to wind down unless you guys have other questions that you'd like to ask Mark, Aurora, Sean, before we wind down and get to our final three questions. No, I think I I'm good. I just, uh, thank you for your time. I appreciate the conversation. It's been great. And, and I was thinking I, the Google plus walk where you and Brian met, um, you I missed. No, I wasn't. I, the, my first one was the fall photo walk of 2014 oh. um, because it was on my birthday. 
And, um, and I went on that one as my birthday gift to myself. And of course I never tell anybody that it's my birthday. So I was the only one that knew, but that's where I met Don Kamarachka and, and of course Ron Clifford was there. And, uh, I'm trying to think who else was there. I mean, it was so many, so many photographers that I always looked up to. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. So that's probably why we never met. I only went on two or three of those before yeah, of course, Google plus decided to close its doors. So, yeah. uh, Google plus, I right. It. I know. Damn you. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I just um, met so many people on Google Plus. Oh, it was incredible. Anything. There were communities. There were like the yeah. the Arcanum and yeah, it was um, in the Arcanum. My my online community that I had was actually yeah. pretty cool on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Trey bad. Ratcliffe was like yeah. the god of photography. <laughs> actually, HDR. I have a question for you about that. Um, before we get to Aurora and Sean, just sorry, just a quick question. Um, Trey Ratcliffe just released a whole bunch of AI photos. I don't know oh, if you've yeah. seen those. Yeah, I how does that channel. kind of play into your world as well? I don't know if I shared it with the group here, the AI stuff that Trey Ratcliffe is doing. Basically, he's making photos up from throughout history just by saying stuff like um, guy in ancient Egypt looking at the pyramids in the Trey Ratcliffe style, and it goes, doot, 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 and there's a photo. Like uh, That's my interpretation of how this is working. I don't know if that's the way it is. But is this something that in your world with uh, stacking and uh, all the deep space stuff that will help you out as well? Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, the stuff that I saw with Trey Ratcliffe were his videos, his AI videos on YouTube. And for me, when I see that, I just, I just find it inspiring and it makes me want to do things like composite work and all that yeah. stuff just to get more creative with, um, with photography or just art in general, I guess, art, because um, just kind of mixing the deep sky photography with the landscape photography and just um, creating something that's out of this world. Because when I see his AI stuff, it just looks out of this world. Totally. And that's what inspires me. Check out his Instagram stuff with the recent posts that he shared. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of really interesting photos like from Morocco and like. Yeah, I'll have anyway. to check that out because really I don't follow him on Instagram. I'm following him on YouTube. Yeah, he's not that good of a photographer though. So, you know, really... <laughs> <laughs> he shared... I shared his stuff and he shared that I shared it. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> my head almost blew up. <laughs> no way. I'm going to have to do that. I just kind of lost touch with that realm, you know, when, when Google Plus died. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did. That disconnected a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, so, sorry, Sean, Aurora, did you have anything else you wanted to? Aurora, you got anything? Um, just thanks for coming on and, um, you know, sharing your story, you know, speaking uh, your mind and um, giving some great opinions and I hope this inspires other people who are uh, interested in pursuing you know uh, these things ever since they were small or, or whatever that if you you know set your mind to it like you've done uh, you can you can do it all or <laughs> you can well, at least achieve true. one of the yeah. things because yeah. those are all three ind individual things that people don't think they can achieve yeah each yeah. thing on its own you know uh pilot whether um photography deep space astro like i've been in photography now for a minute and i can't like i should share some of the photos i will share some of the photos uh, actually because they deserve to be shared they're awesome um now keep in mind this is an audio and a video podcast so sometimes people would be listening to it so it's mm -hmm. a little harder but uh here we are wow damn so That's just awesome. a few examples is Milky Way and you've got a photo of yourself there, a silhouette, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, with yeah. a flash behind. 
classic Milky Way shot, getting the exposure on the mountains and the sky. I mean, as a photographer, these are not things that a camera can pick up in a single image. So the work that is done on this is just, I can't, I, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say like, I think that's amazing. Um, uh, the image and, and first of all, um, at the very beginning, you said something that uh, I was kind of surprised by. Um, you said that you love uh, post work. You love editing. After yeah. the fact. Um, and a lot of photographers love shooting, but don't so much like the editing part after the fact because, you know, people find it tedious or whatever. But uh, you said it's probably one of your favorite things <clears throat> to mm -hmm. do. And I think that's that's awesome. And your work shows that, oh, uh, thank you. That you yeah. love it. So. Yeah, and especially when it comes to nightscapes, uh, what you see uh, on the back of the camera, you know that there's so much more information there, especially when you shoot in raw, <laughs> and you just can you can bring out so much more in post production. So yeah. I I find that just so much fun. Wow, exciting. That does not look <laughs> real. That's awesome. This like, is up yeah. there. My oh, this one's a deep sky right shot. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, huh. some of yeah. those shots. A lot of actually, a lot of my nightscapes tend to be single exposure shots, uh, just because, like I told you, there are times when I'm pretty lazy, uh, <laughs> where I just want to grab the shot. But I know, like in some cases, where like I'll know that I'll be able to make something out of it, make it look uh, good in post production. So you know, it just depends, really. But, uh, but when it comes it. to deep sky, yeah, definitely. Very, very cool. Black yeah, I, I love it. Damn. Very cool. And, and, and of course, we're, we'll put your, uh, your link to your Instagram in the show notes mm -hmm. when, it, when we go live. So <clears throat> Absolutely. People yeah. can find you there, I'm sure. Yeah. And I mean, anyone can do this. Anyone can fly an airplane. Anyone can, um, you know, take deep sky shots. It just takes dedication and willpower. Like you really have to want to do these things. Like deep sky is there's, <laughs> there's a learning curve when it comes to deep sky astrophotography compared to doing nightscapes, uh, because like especially when you're using like a higher focal length, so many things can end up going wrong, and there's so many things to consider. But you just start off small and just keep being dedicated at it. Do there's so many amazing forums online there's youtube channels to follow um where you can learn so much stuff and really um, get better at it when it comes to aviation same thing like um i mean that one takes like a, a different kind of dedication like you really have to be in the zone and just fo hyper focused and it and you'll tell yourself partway through flight training like i can't believe i'm doing this and what am i thinking like do I really want this? But when you actually get to the end goal, you 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 pass your flight test, you pass your written exam, you feel such an amazing sense of accomplishment. But it just takes that dedication and willpower. That's the biggest thing. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Sean, anything else? Um, I got two things. Uh, first, thank you very much for making me learn so much more about photography because my brain is not very large, but now you're filling it with more, <laughs> more information. So I appreciate that. I'm learning so much and this is, this is a good conversation. Uh, so again, thank you for hanging out with us for a while and talking about all this cool stuff. Well, I'm so glad. And um, I have a question. 
Now, I'm a huge nerd. Uh, the guys will tell you I'm a huge nerd. Um, now, if you could fly any any anything, like at all, fictional or real, uh, in my opinion, I would love to have flown, if I were a pilot, uh, the Millennium Falcon. I'm like, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I, it was that or an engine, but the Millennium Falcon is like right up there. <laughs> Uh, if you could fly like anything, being uh, uh, an experienced pilot like you are, uh, what what exactly would you fly? <laughs> it would be the C eighteen Hornet <laughs> fighter jet, nice. fast. Okay. Oh my! Slick. I mean, well, that's that's because you know what? I grew up loving that aircraft so much. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, was at a, a dream. Even just flying with the snowbirds, show. that's a dream. Snowbirds. The yeah. All the tutors, That's, yeah that would just be like the ultimate <laughs> i was at the baseboard and air show and they announced over the intercom at one point okay uh, ladies and gentlemen the cf-18 has left base uh, the ottawa base it should be here shortly and i'm like oh okay it left nice. ottawa you know we'll go about the show and keep doing our thing like i don't know 10 minutes later ladies and gentlemen Major so and so in his CF 18 is about to approach from the back. I look back, I see this tiny little glint. I check my camera for settings. I look back up, <laughs> he's already over. <laughs> he almost knocked me over the like, knocked me off the top of the bench. These planes are oh my god, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I could see why that would be your choice. That is that's yeah, a- yeah they're, they're pretty cool actually. Um, I think it was two, two years ago, it was on Canada Day, and uh, I was out in the driveway washing the car, and I live right by the airport in Thunder Bay. And we'll be sitting doing something, right? And all of a sudden, I'll stop, and my wife stops, and we go, "That's not civilian," because we're a hopping point for like the snowbirds are here all the time. They they when they're crossing Canada, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I can hear something, and I stop, and I'm looking, and just as I look through the gap in the trees at the back of my property, I see the showbird, the F-18, go through the gap. And I'm like, oh, no camera, right? And I'm like, oh, well. So I keep washing the car. And then he does another lap. And I'm like, what? So I come busted in the house and I grab the only camera that had a, a lens on it. It was like a, a 70 mil. And I get back out there. I'm like, do another, do another lap. And of course he does a third lap. So I get a picture of him through the gap in the trees at the back of my, like he literally flew over my backyard. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. why. This is why I keep yeah. this lens on this camera, yeah. <laughs> and I just run outside when I see yeah. something. Yeah, awesome. and and in my previous career, I was uh, I was in um, whenever I would do conference calls if they were going to be long, I would drive to the local dog park and I would sit in their parking lot and I would because I, you know par- conference calls are boring and I'd watch the puppies play in the dog park and while I was on the call, so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden you hear these this jet and i'm like that is not civilian and of course i'm in the middle of the conference call i'm supposed to be listening i dive out of the car all i've got is my cell phone and two f-18s literally flew right over me right on their way into the airport here so it was it's pretty awesome like i I see why you're excited about that they leave an impression i might be a little bit excited about the (laughs) (laughs) f-18s The only well, thing would be better is if it was an SR-71 flying over. Oh, then, I, then I would have melted. I'm like, oh. yeah, you, but you see those. There's usually yeah. other things that are afoot. You don't. You don't necessarily want to see all the, the big yeah. fighter fighter jets flying over our area. Yeah, they got enough of that over other places. Yeah. Right well, now. like I said, for me, the airport is it's the midpoint of Canada, right? So, <laughs> well, thank you so much one last time for taking the time. Well, it's probably not the last time. Well, thank you again. But it's really cool that you've taken the time to be with us tonight. Um, I don't know if you remember the question in the email that I sent you at the end the, for yes. the challenge. Did I remember you, it. Awesome. Do you have a challenge you'd like to give 
our listeners, viewers, watchers, people that definitely. So I, I believe that anyone can take a picture of the constellation Orion and about right now or in an hour, it's, it rises in the southeast sky and you can take a picture of it with your cell phone or whatever camera lens, camera and um, lens combo that you have, like maybe a wide field, like one that you would use for landscape photography, that kind of a setup. And just uh, put your camera in manual mode. You can do that with your cell phones and uh, set it up for an exposure where you're taking like more than 10 seconds exposure and just just click the button. Put if you don't have a tripod, lean it up against a rock. Lean your camera up or your cell phone up against a rock and so, just so try to take a picture. You said about an hour from now, then we're, we're yeah, recording I think the evening. It should be so, like in, a, in an hour. It should be like 10, 10 p.m. or so well above the horizon or above the horizon in the southwestern southeastern sky and actually if you miss it um it just gets higher and higher and it will be in the southern sky like through the, through the night so yeah and it's a very prominent constellation you'll see like the three stars lined up in a row three bright stars the belt and yeah and if you look underneath the three bright stars you'll see a little fuzzy patch um that's orion nebula so you can even pick that up with your cell phone if you're taking a long long exposure. And I don't know, I think that's cool. I think anyone can take pictures of the stars no matter what, uh, what gear you have, what camera gear you have. And the new cell phones now, they're pretty good. So uh, you can take some pr pretty amazing shots with them. Awesome. awesome. Well, before I get to the last two questions that we have for you, I have um, a different question and a comment I wanna make. On the point of the Orion Nebula, uh, when I was a kid, my dog passed away when I was 17. Her name was Muffin. Wow. And I was living in Vermont at the time. And of course, just after we took care of Muffin with the vet, uh, we walked outside and I looked up into the sky and I saw um, Cassiopeia. The uh, Cassiopeia thing up there. Anyway. Uh, w. The, the big W. Exactly. Right. Off the very last one, just if you follow it straight off, there's a slightly dimmer star there. I said, that's Muffin, and I named that star Muffin. Aww. So first question is, if you're ever out shooting and you happen to see Cassiopeia and you follow the last star off and you see that little faint star and you take a picture of it, um, send that to me because that'll be Muffin. <laughs> I, I'd like to see it. And the second thing is I have a photo I want to share with you because I took this last time I was on vacation, and I'm really confused by what it is. Now it's a bit soft here. I don't know why it's so soft. It's not supposed to be, but I don't know if you can see here, there's a meteor. Yeah. But on the bottom, there's a meteor with two kind of windy trails. I don't, I don't know, know that's a comet, but I, I mean, like, I happen. don't recognize that one. It might be the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see like a zoomed in version of it. Yeah, um, I think if I were to zoom in on it right here, it would look pretty grainy, but That's pretty, pretty nasty. cool, though. I mean, but yeah, like little trails. It. it looked like it was winding. Yeah. So I thought maybe I messed up. Maybe, maybe the camera a moved. Maybe I don't know. It was up in um, Algonquin area, so hmm. I don't think too many rockets are firing up there. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. I thought maybe you might know off the top of your head very quickly that think. it's a, a some sort of awesome thing, but mm. otherwise. All right, <laughs> off to the last two questions. Uh, the first question, 
of the last two questions is <laughs> I, don't know, I thought I had the question. last question. <laughs> no, no, no. These are the ones that we ask all the time. Okay, so um tools of the trade. We ask this of everybody who's been on our show. What do you consider to be a, a tool of the trade that you fall on, you rely on every single day? It doesn't have to be a physical tool, it could be something like a, a mantra you tell yourself, or it could be um a concept that gets you through or um, a way of thinking. It could be anything. What would you consider a tool of the trade that gets you through your day to day? Hmm. <clears throat> Tackle one task at a time because I, I tend to get overwhelmed when I think like I have this and this and this and this to do like so many things. And um, I just have to break it down and not think ahead. I have to think about, okay, what's coming up next. And then just work on that. And then what's coming up, coming up after that, then I work on that. And it's the same thing, like that actually helps you get through um, things like flight tests, for instance, too. Like, cause um, you'll be taking a flight test. And if you mess up on one particular, um, one particular um, task and the flight instructor, you know, you think that they're writing down a bad grade, you have to erase that from your mind. Because if you don't erase that from your mind and move to the next task, then it's going to mess you up. You have to just break it down. Hmm. It's interesting. I don't know if that's if that's what you're looking for, but that's what I do. That's no, what that's, I kind of no, tell like myself it. every day is just take it one step at a time. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, it's funny you say it though, because one of our other guests, um, Norm Nakamura, who is living in Japan, uh, he just went and he's actually getting his flight test done right now in Japan. And when he was on our show, he said his tool of the trade was his. Uh, his um, ADHD, yeah. how he's all over the place. And I'm just wondering how being all over the place and being like doing 10 things at once helps him. Yeah. And yet he's going through his flight training. I wonder if that's hurting his way of learning. It's interesting. He's going to probably have to practice kind of like focusing on just one thing at a time, you know, and not getting distracted by other things. It's got to be hard. It's yeah. probably hard, but, you know, I'm sure he can do it. Well, he seems to be doing fine so yeah, far. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, very cool. All right, and the last question before we set you free um, is, and this is the important one, what's your jam? What's that song that you love, you cannot skip past? It's a five-star song. It's oh, just no matter God. when you hear it, you just you have to listen to it all the way through. Oh, goodness. Well, let's say like 80s time. music. I love 80s. I'm just trying to think. Michael Bolton stuff? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> I love it. I like the sappy eighties. <laughs> Michael Bolton. I haven't heard that name in so long, yeah. except from the, what was that? The office? The guy's name is Michael Bolton. No, that's, in the, that's Michael Scott. No, Michael Scott. No, yeah. no, 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 no. In, in the, in the movie where they destroy the oh, computer. Oh, damn. Anyway, that's a good movie. Office I digress. Space is what you're talking Office about. space. That's <laughs> it. Thank you. All right. I'm bantering now. So thank you so much. One last time. Really, really appreciate you. Uh, I learned a lot. There's so much more I have to learn about astrophotography. And uh, I don't think I'll be able to figure it out as well as you do. It's just so great seeing the images that you make. It's inspiring for me. I don't know about Aurora and Mark as photographers. I'm sure it is yeah. as well. Uh, Sean, thank you as well for being here this week, my friend. Aurora, Mark, Carrie, that's it for us this week. Uh, thank you for everybody who's watched. And if you have any questions for Carrie or for any of us, or if you have any tips or any points you'd like to make, uh, you'd like to interact with us, go ahead and chat 
right there in our uh, YouTube or anywhere that you're watching. And make sure you subscribe to our channel. Aurora, am I missing anything? Am I forgetting anything? Um, where can people follow you, Carrie? Uh, Instagram, uh, Weather and Sky is my handle. I'm on, I'm Weather and Sky on most of the social media. And um, I don't know. I'm thinking of, I have a YouTube channel, but it, I put out some intro channel trailer thing, but we'll see how that goes. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> nervous? Yeah. I've what, got with just, this YouTube in general. Like, I really want to do YouTube, but it's it's a little daunting. So I'm trying to put myself out there right now. <laughs> well, as uh, one YouTuber I know always says, you know, the first step is just to do it. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. I, I put out my first video. Well, I have some video, like random videos there for the past eight years, but I put out one where I'm actually in front of the camera talking for the, and I put that out maybe a few days ago. So it's not so natural feeling, is it? You just, if, especially no, if you're alone doing not. that. Ah. I have so many little videos on my cell phone and things like that. And I have to try to figure out how I'm going to put everything together and make something out of it. And Well, I can't wait to see what you do. Yeah, thank you. I'll be watching. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank yeah. you again so much. And we'll see everybody next time. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. And by the way, this is episode 35. This is the end of our season. We haven't wow. said anything about that. So oh, this yeah. is the end of season two. When we're yeah. back, when you see us again, it'll be season three. We'll have all kinds of new ideas and all kinds of new stuff going on. Uh, I'm saying that like I already know. Did, did we get renewed? Do we have a season three? We actually got renewed. We, I got the letter. We got this renewed. Awesome. We got renewed. We got renewed. Yeah. All right. Sean, Sean didn't get us canceled. <laughs> no. Congratulations. All right, Thank you very much. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Ooh, ooh, ooh.